Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do with these tenants? Jesus asked. And they said to him, He will put these wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants. Perhaps we should begin today with a quick check-in. How's everybody doing after hearing that gospel? You okay? Now, although this isn't the first time that we've heard a parable of workers and landowners, this gospel reading is one that is quite challenging to hear, isn't it? It's not a neat and tidy bedtime story. I can't begin to imagine how someone might put this to a catchy tune that could easily be learned in children's formation classes. No, it is unquestionably violent and graphic, despite its familiar nature. More than likely, it's a story that you would flip right over in your own Bible study at home. And my guess is that you only hear this particular gospel right here in this space every so often, because the framers of the Revised Common Lectionary made sure that you would hear it today. So I wonder, where did you find yourself in today's gospel story? Really give that some thought. Where did you find yourself in today's gospel? For some, Jesus' casual use of this violent parable likely leaves you with some unanswered questions, maybe even a sense of disconnection as you try to make sense of this biting judgment that Jesus seems to have no trouble delivering. You may be hearing a small voice in your own head saying, this is not the God of love that I know. What about mercy? For others... You might have thought that Jesus made a pretty good point, that these corrupt tenants should, in fact, be punished so that someone else, someone more worthy, more trustworthy, could finally have an opportunity to produce for this generous landowner. You may be hearing a small voice in your head saying, that's what's necessary for justice to exist. So I'll ask again, where did you place yourself in today's gospel story? It's confusing, isn't it? Maybe even a bit of a trick. How do we make sense of this seemingly binary choice? How do we sort out the competing concepts of mercy and justice today as we look to apply this gospel in our own life? I suspect that our natural instinct is to place ourselves in every biblical story as a main character. And that choice says a great deal about how we approach the biblical text. We might see ourselves today in the role of Jesus, speaking boldly in opposition to the leaders of his day. Or maybe we identified a bit more with the priests and Pharisees, seeking justice at any cost. Either choice, either choice, is seductive for its own reasons. And choosing a character with which to identify yourself is a tried and true method for bringing a story to life, for sure. And yet, 
It seems that no matter where we turn today, there are unintended consequences. But this is not just a story about people. It's a story about land. And not just any land, after all. A land that has been carefully prepared. The vines planted before the rental agreement was even struck. Security assured by the installation of a fence and a watchtower that would certainly protect this space from animal and human predators. Additional efforts made to integrate systems for this farm by digging a wine press, an effort that was unquestionably difficult and incredibly expensive. This property was set up to thrive. Does that sound familiar to you? Today, like then, we stand in the proverbial vineyard. We continue to benefit from the efforts of so many ancestors that planned and worked to provide a space for us in which we could thrive. Though our journey in this church has not always been an easy one, we have persevered and continued with our ministry. We have worked our land right here in this space. And like the generations before us, we must now not lose sight of our role in this moment. We are to care for this community so that we can care for others the same way those before us have done. We are to do this with our full commitment, bodily and, yes, financially. We are to care for this community and foster its growth and change for the next tenants. When we lose sight of that, it's far too easy for any of us to, conceive, to convince ourselves that this space, this community for which we are called to serve, is something that we can perfect, or maybe something that we have already perfected, that we know precisely what should be done at all times, exactly how it should be done, and exactly who should be doing it. And when we find ourselves in that mindset, we lose our mission because we lose the ability to hear and receive those voices that are inviting us to experience God's world anew. So today, we get to hear again the words of Jesus, the reminder that the stone the builder has rejected is the cornerstone. And from this place, we have no other option but to pay attention to those shadowed areas of our own soul the ones that violently defend what we believe to be ours and our children's rights, even at the expense of our neighbors, to look again at the stories we tell ourselves in the face of the needs of our time, to think again about the stories we ignore or the ones we never tell so that we can preserve what we would describe as reputation. We must be curious about what we are rejecting in our world and in our church in order to secure benefit for ourselves. We must see how this leads to ultimate destruction for us all. What would happen if we applied the warning of this parable to the social and political realities of our world? How would we be changed if we considered the very things we reject, legislatively and otherwise, women's rights, immigration, gun policy, policing, mental health, LGBTQ issues, and trans rights, 
What would happen if we saw these rights, these rejected things, as the very things that God chooses to build a foundation on? And from that foundation, God reminds us that we are a people of covenant. Covenant with God and with each other. Oh, how that might change the way we encounter God's limitless mercy and justice. It might just be enough for us to let go of our own interest and needs and to see again our call to build community. So maybe today, rather than dismissing this gospel on account of its violent language, are trying to otherwise domesticate the story, we can claim it. We can claim it as an invitation to begin again, to recognize all that we are capable of, and to choose instead to pay attention to what is rejected and to build a house of belonging there, to let go of our own need and remember instead that each of us is created in God's image and made for love, to send that love into the world so that we can all be saved from our own destruction. And to know, as John O'Donohue mused, that when we send this kind of love out from the bountilessness of our own love, that it reaches people, and that that love is the deepest power of prayer. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes.